Hey, welcome back to Local News Live. I'm Chief Meteorologist Clay Osterley, and uh, today we are joined by Dr. Uh, Dan Hawkins of the University of Nebraska Omaha. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the FIFA and the UEFA ban on Russia from uh, sports, uh, from soccer specifically uh, in that area. Uh, Dr. Hawkins, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I guess let's just jump right into it here. You know, I I will watch soccer, World Cup, uh, Olympics, things like that, but I'm not a I'm not a huge follower of the sport. But but tell me, these two major leagues of soccer banning Russia from their competitions, uh, how does that uh, how does that affect things uh, moving forward here? Well, I, you know, I think it's probably uh, devastating for those those players, uh, the fans of the Russian team. Um, you know, we saw in 2018 when Russia actually hosted the World Cup, um, how well that team played with the support of the fans in their home country and how much the, the Russian people enjoyed uh, having those games in, in Russia. So, you know, for the, the players who've trained so hard to, to be able to, you know, have the chance to qualify for the World Cup has to be devastating for them. Um, you know, the World Cup is next to the Olympics, of course, the place where you can through your athletic prowess, you know, gain prestige for your country. So that, that opportunity is being taken away. And the UEFA competition is sort of just second to the World Cup in terms of prestige in soccer. So it uh, has to be really tough on Russian players and fans, for sure. I mean, obviously, these athletes trained their whole lives uh, to become a professional soccer player and then also a very... Uh, tedious work goes into it in off season and working out and preparing for all of this stuff. So uh, I guess we can just kind of focus in on the player aspect of this at first. Um, we have seen several Russian professional sports players kind of speak out against this war in Ukraine. Uh, do you think that some of these soccer players will probably become a little bit more vocal about this as they're facing some of these consequences of really their leader, not themselves? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a great question. Clearly, like the players have some power, and it was really the the, the players and the teams from uh, Sweden, Poland, and the Czech Republic who refused to play the Russian team that sort of forced FIFA's hand here. Because you know, I have a feeling that FIFA would have rather just ignored this issue and uh, let Russia play. Um, but you know, maybe they assumed, like a lot of us, that the the war in Ukraine was going to go quickly and would be out of the news cycle soon. But Clearly, what the Ukrainian people are doing right now, combined with uh, these players standing up and saying, "Hey, we don't want to, we don't want to be involved in this," you know, it might open the door to Russian players doing the same. We've seen Russian people out in the streets protesting against their own country's war. Um, the, the situation might be a little dicier for the players. I don't know, but uh, it certainly opens that door. They have to be very upset that their opportunity was taken away from them, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, you kind of alluded to this. You're seeing the, the general public protesting in the streets and, and things like that. Uh, undoubtedly, probably some Russia soccer fans out there. So they could uh, that could have been the, the whole thing that set them off and, and wanted them to go and participate with that. Let's talk about just kind of everyday people here. I mean, how does this impact the general public in Russia, uh, as well as maybe other sports fans across the country, or the, across the world, I should say? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, sports, 
sports are an important social institution that that people care about. You know, I mean, we could say they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but but people love them. Uh, you know, it's a proxy for how our nations or our favorite teams do. You know, sort of. Um, you know, we live vicariously through that, and it's. I think it's important symbolically that Russia is, you know, being eliminated from these competitions, and you know how much it moves the needle in terms of how Russians, average Russian citizens, feel. I don't know, but it's another uh, sort of tool in the toolbox, you could say, that you know the world can use to to tell Russia that you know we don't agree with what you're doing here, and you know I think ultimately it might be the Russian people turning on what's happening that that really does make a difference and and maybe ending this war or making it shorter than it would have been so um sports do you know they do matter in this in this regard for sure dr hawkins i have a question for you and thanks again for joining us on local news live Uh, dr dan hawkins associate professor of sociology and anthropology at the university of nebraska omaha you've done a lot of uh work in in commenting on boycotts of major sporting events in the past, likely in part because of human rights violations or at the very least maybe human rights concerns. Where does this decision, or I guess how does this decision by FIFA to um, kind of kick out, to ban Russia compared to other moves by maybe athletes or sports institutions when we've had these potential human rights issues come up? How does this compare to past instances? Uh, I mean, the, I think maybe the thing that's different is how suddenly this this happened. Uh, when FIFA sort of realized with the way the political winds were blowing, it you know, it was a, it was a pretty quick decision on their part um, to keep to keep Russia out of the World Cup. I mean, often it you know we had things in the past like in, during the Cold War in the '80s where you know the United States would boycott the Olympics when they were in Russia, or Russia would the Soviet Union would boycott. Uh, the Olympics when they were in the U.S. and those are decisions made, you know, by individual countries. But here, having, um, you know, really an uh, international body and international resolve to say, you know, you're not allowed. I guess it compares most closely maybe to um, South Africa, you know, during apartheid being persona non grata in the international sports world. Um, you know, whether this continues for Russia or not, we'll see. But certainly a big step uh, by FIFA to do this especially given that the World Cup is the biggest sporting event uh, on earth every four years. Uh, England, Wales, and Scotland have also joined in the uh, list of countries that have boycotted playing Russia uh, in any level of competition is what they're saying. So do you feel like we'll see more countries come out and protest this as uh, time goes on and perhaps this invasion continues and uh, worsens, I mean, from day to day? I do. I hope so. And I, you know, I think this might even be extending to England's domestic league. If you've seen, um, you know, the, the, uh, very prominent team Chelsea is owned by a Russian oligarch, Roman Abramov. And it seems like there's increasing pressure to get him to sell the team. He tried to turn it over to a charitable trust to run for now to sort of stay out of trouble for the time being, but, uh, there's questions whether that's allowed. And, you know, I think, I think there's an increasing pressure on Russian oligarchs who are involved in sports to, um, get out of the business or to be severely investigated and they might decide getting out of the business is the way to go. Dr. Hawkins, uh, shifting out of the sports world, um, how does this impact just mood overall in society 
uh, hearing some of these atrocious things that are going on in Ukraine uh, right now? Um, not in, not in about the sports world. Yeah, just in general. I mean, just day to day, you know, people that go to work, come home from work, you know, make dinner kind of thing. It, it's how does this impact them on a on a social level or a societal level? I mean, obviously, you're, you're hearing of all of these things going on from neighbors across the, the pond, and it, there, I'm sure there has to be some kind of effect on, on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably unsettling for people, right, to know that, you know, the world we thought that was sort of, maybe we felt it was sort of stable can be unstabilized very quickly by, you know, one nation or even one leader who decides to take a, a drastic action like this. It's uh, it's not what you want to hear about. Um, I know I it seems like there's empathy and sympathy, sympathy across the globe for the Ukrainian people, which is which is great to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's worrisome when you haven't seen uh, really a war like this in Europe since since World War Two, which is, you know, before many of us, most of our lifetimes. So um, certainly on the back of a global pandemic, I mean, you can understand how people are feeling like maybe we're in a new new era and uh, the world isn't isn't quite what we thought it was what we thought it was like. Anything else that you wanted to add about this situation? Um, you know, obviously we're, we're giving experts that we talk to just a platform to, to express anything that people may need to know. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that question. I think one thing to watch, uh, to watch coming up, and this is sort of bringing it back to the sports world again, but but the broader politi- you know, socio-political world as well is, uh, what about what's happening in, you know, in Qatar? So Russia is being eliminated from the 2022 World Cup to take place in Qatar, of course, in the winter uh, instead of the usual summer because of the temperatures there. But, the, you know, a report came out uh, several months ago that, you know, uh, many thousands of uh, workers may have died working on these stadiums that they're trying to build for this World Cup. Um, you know, that's many, many more people, as far as we know, than have died in Ukraine in terms of Ukrainian citizens. So. Uh, does this open the door for uh, clubs, nations to think about boycotting or protesting at the, the Qatar World Cup to bring attention to that? So um, I think that's an important thing to watch. And that's, you know, that news story was sort of shocking at the time, but then was brushed under the table as people get more excited about the actual competition. Uh, I would be very interested to see if it's brought back up by players, clubs, nations, whatever it may be. Dr. Dan Hawkins, uh, University of Nebraska, Omaha. He is Associate Professor of Sociology and Anthropology. We greatly appreciate you joining us today and weighing in on the topics there. Um, and uh, we will, of course, what we were talking about was just a quick recap. The FIFA and UAFA ban on Russia from their leagues uh, on soccer. Uh, they are also joining a long list of countries that have basically boycotted Russia and playing them at any level of competition. Poland, Sweden, Czech Republic, as well as uh, England, uh, Wales, and Scotland, all of them say we will not play Russia until further notice as a direct result of the invasion of Ukraine.